From the BCT Studios in Hartford, Connecticut, it's Curfew with John and Newton. Tonight, Karina Pataki. And later, music from David Crowder. And now your host, Johnny Newton. Welcome to Curfew on Zeno Live. I'm your host, Johnny. And as always, we have a lot to get to. If we didn't, I wouldn't be doing this. In case you missed it this week, President Obama met with the Dalai Lama for a secret meeting at the White House. It was rumored that the famous Tibetan monk came seeking help and assistance from our president because as many Tibetans will tell you that due to Chinese rule, Beijing represses their Buddhist culture. Unfortunately, Obama had to be the bearer of bad news when he told the Dalai Lama, Sorry pal, I've got my hands full over here repressing Christianity. So, tough luck for the DL. So did you hear about this? I guess over at a food manufacturing facility in Wales, a seagull flew into a vat of chicken tikka masala. Don't worry, one of the food service workers saw the bird and was able to save it from drowning. However, as a result, the seagull's feather and skin were dyed bright orange. Because of that, the vet who treated the bird decided to name the seagull Little Donald Trump because of its thin orange skin. Of course, as you may have guessed it, the orange seagull promptly brought a defamation lawsuit against the vet. So, you know what they say, birds of a feather comb over together. Here's a disturbing story out of Georgia. Where else? 36-year-old Bashir Rashid was arrested at a Waffle House for trying to get into the busy restaurant naked. He wasn't wearing any clothes. You know, at Denny's, that's known as a Grand Slam. Or at least a ground rule double, I'm not sure. Rashid was arrested and then taken to the local hospital, where he was cited for public indecency. Fortunately, he was quickly released and then hired by that same Waffle House to be the new general manager. So you can see how high the bar is there. Listen, no hate against the Waffle House, okay? I've just never been to a clean one, that's all. If I ever find one that exists... I promise I'll keep my clothes on, okay? Well, good news for Oprah Winfrey. After being off of television for a few years, the famous host is now publishing a cookbook due out in January. The book's said to contain all of her best diet recipes and her favorite ingredients. Because a person who's been complaining about being overweight for 30 years is exactly who I want recipes from. Listen, I did the right thing. I reached out to Oprah because I wanted to know what her, quote, favorite ingredient was. This is the joy for me. I love bread. I love bread. I don't deny myself bread. I have bread every day. I have bread every day. I have eaten bread every single day. I love bread. I love bread. <laughs> well, who doesn't? You know, I think that was my senior yearbook quote. Folks, we got a great show for you tonight. Karina Pataki is here. We're going to be talking about trading floors, sort of, and communion. So stick around because you don't want to miss it. We've got to take a quick break, but curfew returns on Xeno Live right after this. How did an ancestry connection to Sir Isaac Newton thrust one man onto the supernatural path of redemption? Read about this and much more in Sleeping Giants, Awakening Your Spiritual Inheritance, the new book by Curfew Show host Johnny Newton. Sleeping Giants is a detailed exploration of the spiritual gifts that the Bible calls our inheritance. To get your copy... 
Head over to curfewshow.com for more details on Johnny's new book. Hey, Curfew fans. Like what you're hearing? Then head over to our Podbean page at curfewshow.podbean.com and download all of our past episodes for free. While you're there, see how you can be part of the show. Find the link at the top of our page at curfewshow.com. Welcome back from the break, everybody. Here we are in mid-June, and it's a very busy month if you think about it. It's Father's Day week, so happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. We're on the brink of summertime here in the States, and that's always a good thing if you have air conditioning. And of course, it's graduation season. Children all across the country get to take a break from their studies and enjoy these summer months. Unless you have to go to summer school. In that case... So I'm not sure if you saw this graduation video that went viral this week, but it was absolutely hilarious. An 8th grader delivered the speech at his graduation, but what made the video go viral was the fact that he decided to give the address in the voices of the presidential candidates. The kid knocked it out of the park. Everyone loves his Trump impersonation as well as his Bernie Sanders, but nobody's talking about his Hillary Clinton voice. I really commend him on being able to nail that impersonation, really trying to figure out how exactly he was able to do it. And the only conclusion I reached was, the kid's obviously a liar himself. So that must be it. Anyways, I'm going to play a little bit of the news report. Tell me what you think. Meanwhile, one eighth grader from the Chicago area has a very promising future as a stand-up comedian, if the video you're about to see is to be believed. Jack Aiello nails impressions of Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton, and yes, Bernie Sanders during his graduation speech. Take a look and listen. Let's begin with Donald Trump. <clears throat> Hello, and congratulations, you are now getting to hear a speech from the magnificent Donald Trump. And let me just tell you that Thomas has been such a great school. I mean, quite frankly, it's been fantastic. I mean, we've had so many great experiences here. You know, one of those would have to be starting foreign language. We're learning languages from Spain, from France, from Germany, and China! <laughs> and you know, and you know, people say I don't like China. I love China. I mean, I love China. I mean, I have so many terrific friends in China. But I took Spanish, and let me just tell you, by the way, that it was fantastic. Boy, fantastic. <laughs> Thank you, President Obama. I'd like to start out by thanking the great hardworking teachers of Thomas Middle School. They've been our champions. They've given us the skills we need to get through sixth grade and through seventh grade and through eighth grade. And now we're gonna take those skills and apply them to high school. And thanks to our teachers, we have all the tools we need to succeed in this next chapter of our lives. And they all deserve a big round of applause. And I know that Senator Sanders agrees with me. <laughs> yes, I do agree with the Secretary. <laughs> and hello, thank you for allowing me to speak to you today. 
Let me start with the lunches. They are delicious. <laughs> Things like pizza and tacos and chips, you name it. And some of the best cinnamon rolls I've ever tasted. I do have one improvement for them though. We need to make them free. What we need is a cinnamon roll revolution. Jack says he's keeping his career options open, as any eighth grader should. Absolutely fantastic. I love it. Everybody needs to find time to laugh whenever they can, especially after the horror show this country's been the past two weeks, specifically the Floridians. With that psycho killer down in Orlando, no, I'm not gonna say his name because he doesn't deserve it. And also that poor child in Disney World with the alligator. Terrible. So listen, we gotta take a quick break, but coming up, we're talking to Karina Pataki, so keep it here on Curfew. You're listening to Curfew with Johnny Newton on Xeno Live. For jokes that don't make it to the show, as well as bonus content, articles, and contests, make sure you like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Curfew Show. Help us get the word out, and as always, thank you for breaking curfew with us. How did an ancestry connection to Sir Isaac Newton thrust one man onto the supernatural path of redemption? Read about this and much more in Sleeping Giants, Awakening Your Spiritual Inheritance, the new book by Curfew Show host Johnny Newton. Sleeping Giants is a detailed exploration of the spiritual gifts that the Bible calls our inheritance. To get your copy, head over to curfewshow.com for more details on Johnny's new book. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Welcome back from the break, everybody. My guest tonight is a minister and author and founder of Kingdom Reflections Ministry. Please help me welcome Karina Pataki. Karina, thanks for stopping by curfew tonight. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. So we keep seeing and hearing people talking about the trading floors. Obviously, in a little interview like this, we're never going to get past just scratching the surface of what that means. But maybe just for the listener who's just hearing about this or trying to understand it, just talk a little bit about what a trading floor is. Well, a trading floor is basically a platform where goods are exchanged. In the spirit realm, the trading floors, trying to put it really in a, in a small picture, it's all about DNA, if you will. Because Lucifer, he never did and he never will have DNA, okay? So what he does, DNA carries inheritance. From the beginning, what he has done, he was after our inheritance when he was a covering cherub before he was cast out of heaven. And we can see all the way back in Ezekiel, the first trading floor was when he started trading all the revelation that he received from the heart of God, the inheritance that the Father was going to prepare for us as his sons, not speaking of gender, but of position of responsibility. So he started trading on the fiery stones, which became the first trading floor. Now, trading floor is where we exchange things knowing or unknowingly. For instance, if there is a, let's say, a prophetic gift, the Lord gives a gift, and it's without repentance. So, for instance, somebody has a prophetic gift somewhere down their generational line, but all of a sudden that person that was supposed to walk in the prophetic gift, all of a sudden they use that for the occult, but they use it like for witchcraft. So they immediately traded. They're giving their goods that God has given to them, the fullness and the inheritance in that particular call, they're trading it with demonic powers in exchange for power, for wealth, for name recognition, 
So that's in a snippet what trading floors are when we exchange our inheritance for a demonic power, money, wealth, whatever it may be. You see, this is very, very intriguing to me because these are teachings and it's knowledge that I didn't know about. When I was a kid, the church didn't teach on this. You know, there was no Sunday sermon on trading floors that I was aware of. The only trading floor I knew about was Wall Street, in all seriousness. So when you do start to learn about this stuff and get revelation on things, you realize it's a lot of work, it's a big job, but it's necessary and it's important. So that's why we urge you to go to places like kingdomreflections.org and listen to teachings from people like Karina. And I think a good place for us to start tonight is maybe on a trading floor that maybe some people don't even realize is a trading floor, and that's communion. Am I right? Yes. Now, there are about seven major trading floors, demonic trading floors, okay? And from that, it, you know, it arms out into a whole bunch of them. And then there are heavenly kingdom trading floors. And communion is a huge trading floor, a godly trading floor. And that place is a place where we take all of our either spiritual inabilities or physical inabilities, curses, diseases, and we exchange it for the full benefit of the cross, which was given to us through communion, the body and the blood of Yeshua. So it's a huge, huge, huge trading floor. Because remember, the enemy cannot have inheritance, so his point is to steal our inheritance so he can manifest himself in the entire generational life. And communion is a huge weapon to destroy the enemy's power. So obviously this is incredibly important. So my question to you would be this. If this is so important, why is it that we only take communion once a month in church? Oh, no, no. I mean, communion is so important because if we apply it with the desire that we're supposed to have to hunger after the things of God, to be changed and transformed from the inside out, and when we apply with the knowledge and faith of what it actually does, communion can absolutely go down into our DNA and transform our mutated DNA that is now vibrating with chaos and transform it into the DNA of Yeshua that as he is, so shall we be now, not when we die. So the more we do it, the more we apply that, the more benefits Obviously, we're going to receive from that. So if we only limit it to once a month, we do it as a remembrance. Like we're remembering, yes, we're remembering the sacrifice that Jesus did, and we do it because we appreciate it. But there's so much more in that. So as often, Jesus said, as often as you take this, like nourishment. So how many times do we eat a day? About three times a day, about. So imagine Jesus said, as often as you take this as nourishment and food, and that will transform us. So how many times we eat? Three times. So it depends on our faith. But definitely, I would encourage every, every listener, as the Holy Spirit leads them, take communion as often as the Holy Spirit leads you, but definitely more than once a month. I would encourage them to do it every day. You know, I've got a little confession to make here. Uh, if we're being honest, I eat a lot more than three times a day. <laughs> I'm just saying. You know, me too, and I'm sure every listener is doing that, so yeah, yeah, definitely. In case you're just tuning in, we're talking about communion with my guest Karina Pataki of Kingdom Reflections Ministries. So, Karina, I'm gonna ask this question, even though I think it's a little silly, but I know that there's at least one person out there who's thinking it, so I'll take the bullet and ask. We know that Jesus calls himself the bread of life, so when Christians start talking about eating the body and the blood of Christ, does that make them cannibals? No. Of course, of course not. 
See, when Jesus was talking about he is the bread of life, and again, we only have a few minutes, so I'm going to try to make it as short as possible, but he was trying to make a distinction because he said, your fathers ate manna. So they physically ate a product that was manufactured by God, a supernatural product, manna. And he said, yet they died. So even though the fathers ate supernatural manna that came from the hand of Yahweh, they still physically died. So he was saying, yet I am the bread of life. Whoever eats of me shall not die. So there's a mystery there that the Father wants to unveil in that. So what he was saying is that I am the living bread, the truth. So it's not like we're going to cut somebody's flesh and eat it, okay, clearly. But it's the power of the symbol of understanding what that bread, cracker, whatever you have available, becomes when we apply the words of Jesus Christ, what he said. So when we by faith take that piece of cracker, whatever it is, and we are imagining that it becomes substance of supernatural life, it becomes the glory of the kingdom realm of God, and that's what we take in, then that faith will transform us from the inside out. So no, we're not eating literal flesh. And no, we're not drinking literal blood, but when we are drinking the juice, the water, whatever we have, with the knowledge that I am partaking of the record of the DNA that is found in the blood of Yeshua, that DNA will transform this corrupt DNA that's inside my body right now. So the moral of the story here is we really want to partake in communion as often as we can so that we change our DNA really before we can go any further than that. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, Jesus said, if any man be in me, then he is a new creation. So just because I'm saved, okay, I've gone to the cross for salvation, that will not make me be the new creation that he's talking about because I need to be in Christ. And being in Christ, we can see it very clearly in John 6, starting with verse 49, that it's when we partake of communion because we are taking in the record of his DNA. We are taking in the glory of the Father, Christ in me, the hope of glory. Only then will we become that new creation to be able to do what Jesus did and greater. I mean, hello, he walked on water. He walked through walls. He walked through people. I haven't done that yet. So where's the problem? The problem is not the Bible. The problem is not what God said. The problem is in me that I have not yet been transformed. So I can only go as high up, if you will, in the calling and the destiny of God as I am willing to believe and to have faith and tap into. And communion is huge. It absolutely is. And like I said before, you know, this isn't a full teaching. There's just not enough time in a short interview like this to cover all the details and get too deep into the subject. But what we want to do is encourage you to start asking questions, get those gears turning, and go and listen to Karina's teachings and get a better understanding of this stuff because it's so important. So Karina, where can the Curfew listeners go and find you, connect with you online, and hear some more of these teachings? Yeah, well, you can find me on Facebook at Kingdom Reflections on Facebook, or our website is kingdomreflections.org. I also have some podcasts out, and, you know, I have several teachings. One of them is unveiling the mysteries of communion and stepping back into our original DNA, God's DNA. But I want to encourage each listener, really the beginning, the springboard, and the foundation of all of this is relationship, relationship, relationship with Jesus Christ, relationship with the Father. Honestly, it's not even me wanting to transform my DNA. It's me wanting desperately a relationship with Jesus Christ to really know him, to really see him with the Father. And from there, he's going to lead us in the things that we need to do. 
So I encourage the listeners, don't just listen to these things for information. Listen to it to fire up your desire to get to know this amazing Yeshua, you know, at a level that you've never known him before. I've known him since I was seven years old. Yeah, my relationship and my knowledge of him is totally different for the last four years than it's been since I was seven. But yes, they can find this on Podomatic, and there are some amazing teachings that I was honored to be able to release. And don't forget to pick up Karina's amazing book, The Quest for Freedom, which is also available on her website. Karina, thank you so much for taking the time to stop by Curfew tonight. Thank you. It's uh, it's an honor and a pleasure. Thank you. What an awesome interview. I can't wait for Karina to come back because I love the passion and energy you can just hear in her voice. So thanks again, Karina. We need to take a quick break, but Curfew returns right after this. Hey, Curfew fans. Like what you're hearing? Then head over to our Podbean page at curfewshow.podbean.com and download all of our past episodes for free. While you're there, see how you can be part of the show. Find the link at the top of our page at curfewshow.com. How did an ancestry connection to Sir Isaac Newton thrust one man onto the supernatural path of redemption? Read about this and much more in Sleeping Giants, Awakening Your Spiritual Inheritance, the new book by Curfew Show host Johnny Newton. Sleeping Giants is a detailed exploration of the spiritual gifts that the Bible calls our inheritance. To get your copy... Head over to curfewshow.com for more details on Johnny's new book. Little hand says it's time to rock and roll. Well, it's that time of the show when we listen to some tunes. Tonight we're going to be hearing from David Crowder. Make sure you check out his website at crowdermusic.com and follow him on Facebook and Twitter at Crowder Music. He's got a really cool video for his new single, Run Devil Run, so check that out. Pick up some of his music on iTunes or from the store on his website, again, at crowdermusic.com. Check out the tour dates as he's hitting cities all across the U.S. this summer. What I really liked on his website was he sells beard oil. So if you're one of those dudes with a crazy mountain beard, pick up some Crowder oil. (laughs) All right, I'll stop talking. Here he is, David Crowder. He is jealous for me Love's like a hurricane I am a tree Bending beneath The weight of his wind and mercy When all of a sudden I am unaware of these afflictions Eclipsed by glory And I realize just how beautiful you are And how great your affections are for me Oh, how he loves us Oh, oh, how he loves us How he loves us Oh, he is Jealous for me Love's like a hurricane I am a tree Bending beneath The weight of his wind and mercy When all of a sudden I am unaware of these afflictions Eclipsed by glory And I realize just how beautiful you are And how great your affections are for me Oh, how he loves, how he loves us 
That's it for this week's show. I want to thank my guest Karina Pataki once again for stopping by. Make sure you check out her website at kingdomreflections.org. Listen to some of those teachings she was talking about and pick up her book. It's fantastic. And as always, I encourage you guys to follow me on Facebook and Twitter at Curfew Show. That way you don't miss any of our updates, blog entries, jokes that don't make it to the show, you name it. Got a lot going on. So check us out at Curfew Show. Make sure you head over to our website at curfewshow.com. Got some info on my new book that's coming out in a few weeks. Hopefully by July, so I'm really excited about that. And if you want to download these episodes, make sure you go to our Podbean page. Just type in Curfew Show or click the link on our homepage. It'll take you right to it. Once again, I want to thank you for breaking curfew with me tonight on Zeno Live. I'm Johnny, and until next time, via con Dios, everybody. (laughs) 